This is Texas State Spit Talk. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Creator of our new intro. If you heard learned last week's, you heard it. It is time for Texas State Spit Talk. Another episode, episode ten, guys. When I went to a podcasting seminar this past summer, the thing they told me was most podcasts die out by episode ten. So if you can make it to ten, you're on the right path. Well, guess what? We've made it to ten. We've made it to the milestone ten. I my name's Reed Graff. To my left, Peyton Hill. Straight across from me, Brendan Snow. To my right. Mark Brown, Howdy. welcome to Texas State Spit Talk. A lot of things to talk about. We're going to start, as we always do, Texas State football. Uh, one and three coming into the year, coming into this this week against Louisiana Lafayette here in San Marcos. It's going to be a fun game. Louisiana also comes in one and three. The biggest disparity between the two teams is the talent they've played. Texas State's three losses have come to Rutgers, South Alabama, UTSA, whereas Louisiana's three losses have come to number one Alabama, number 16 Mississippi State, and they lost 28-30 to 30 to Coastal Carolina. So that just shows you the, the competition they have played. Uh, guys, last week we tore apart Texas State football for how they performed against UTSA, put all our focus into that and the dreaded play. Um, talked about that. A lot of stuff going on on KTSW last week. KTSW blog, we now know there is a certain banner going to be flown over homecoming here in a few weeks. Uh, we have nothing to do with that, but hey, we're just reporting. So, uh, Peyton, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Doing I think good? I support the banner. You support the banner? Yeah, I guess you, you're, you're publicly going to say see that. it and come out to the game to uh, look at it and look okay. in awe as, yeah, as a lot of hearts will be shattered. But... Um, I guess going up in this game that we're talking about, they had three touchdowns against Coastal Carolina on the ground, so their ground and pound game is for sure, for sure, is going. I guess pretty on point, but we're, excuse me, we are pretty decent at. Um, well, we're a good defensive team, and I, yeah, I think that's like what you're getting at. Uh, Try to talk about our rush defense. Currently second in the Sun Belt, only giving up 128 yards a game. Exactly. So Louisiana comes in one and three, coming off a loss to Coast Carolina. Coast Carolina, while they they are being reported much improved, their team we took down last year, and I think, despite the record, you could say Texas State's improved from a year ago as well. Brendan, welcome to the show. Of course, you have this not missed an episode on, yet. First time on the show. Thank you. Uh, what do you What are your thoughts going into this game? Yeah, the more I look at it, I came out um, looking at the the Sun Belt numbers of all the teams in the season. Once again, it is a little bit tougher with uh, Louisiana having to play Bama and Mississippi State team. 
who they got but, completely smashed to. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then Mississippi State just but that, lost Florida last earlier, week. Earlier, can we put up two touchdowns against Alabama? No. <laughs> They did. <laughs> <laughs> they did against their backups, though. Let's keep but, but that. Keep that. It's, it's, it's also keep into the game. Let's also keep in mind Bama's backups are still three star, four star players. <laughs> About as good as that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much weight to put into that. It, it's still a beatdown, regardless of what the score was. Mark Brown to my right, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, still a big fan of the Cowboys. What are your thoughts about this game? Well, um, you know, I don't like to get my hopes like. Like fully high, but I do have some high hopes with the Bobcats. And the reason why I say this is because both teams are one and three, so both teams are definitely looking to get another win. And especially the Bobcats, this will be their this will be their second home game of the second home game of the year. So the last time they played a home game, they won, and it was against uh, Texas Southern. And this will be a pink out game, I believe. So it's going to be family weekend as well. So I believe that the rushing uh, our our run game can actually do something. The reason why I say that is because according to the Sun Belt Conference. Louisiana Lafayette is, in, is ranked last. The Russian defense is last in the Sun Belt. So we have a. So those quarter, you're telling me those quarterback draws might actually get yarded to this week. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. And we also got two good running backs. Well, is Willie Jones going to be able to do that? We're going to get to that here in a minute. Well, I, I don't even want to talk about the running backs. It's not going to get used. Anthony D. Taylor and Robert Brown are going to combine for what? 15, 11, 11 15 carries. carries. Eight carries. Uh, I, you guys want to have a little pool on that, actually? I don't see why not. Eight carries. I remember it. Right here, I'll set the, set the over-under on running back carries on Saturday between any running back, not anybody not named quarterback. <laughs> anybody uh, not, not named quarterback. <laughs> three fours back. I'm, I'm setting the over-under at 13. 13. 13 I, think, I think that's fair. Uh, think 13, 13 attempts between the three. If you're going off sample size, I only think I, the only game they might have topped that was probably what Rutgers and UT, not even UT, not UTS, UTSA, uh, Rutgers and um, crap, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Texas Southern, I believe they ran the ball pretty well against Texas Southern. But oh yeah, they did. I'll um, come out on a crapshoot and just just pray that they kind of learn their like lesson. You know, finally got the. Like the slap on the hands for all the quarterback draws, and they're gonna run it twenty times. Twenty, and you know they have an all-star. They have a, they have really, <laughs> that's like, a big number. The uh, so-called yeah. raging Cajuns have a star running back, but since we have a good rushing defense, I don't know if he's gonna, you know, look that well like he did against uh, Coastal Carolina. We will see. We will see. Uh, the good news for us, their only win is coming over Grambling, and then their opponents are averaging over five hundred yards a game against Louisiana. So, take that for what you will. Two of those games are SEC teams, mm-hmm. and I'm sure an SEC team would run would get 500 yards on us. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, but still shows that their defense is vulnerable. Our offense looked improved last week under Tyler Vitt against not last week, two weeks ago against UTSA. Um, I guess that begs the question: Will we see Willie Jones? Will we see Tyler Vitt? Is Willie Jones healthy? Oh, uh, we don't really know. Or really, who do we? Want I know at the I know at the press yeah. conference he, uh, Withers went as far to say he doesn't know which of his three quarterbacks we're going to see. I can tell you right but now, Jalen Gibson's not going to play. I believe the yeah, depth chart says he or. Really yeah. him that much. His depth chart again says or at the quarterback or, position, as it always does. You know, at, at the beginning of the season, it said Willie Jones was starter, and then it said backup Tyler Vitt or Jalen Gibson. Now it just says quarterback Tyler Vitt or Willie Jones. Yeah, well. And I think it's a it's a good problem to have. Let's assume Willie Jones is healthy. Right? Let's just assume he's healthy uh, and he's ready to go. Tyler Vitt played pretty well against UTSA. I thought he moved the ball pretty well. Uh, that he made good decisions when he was able to have time in the pocket. No, he really only 
really bad play he had was the interception where it looked like he was trying to throw the ball away and he threw it right into a UTSA uh, defender. But other than that, I thought he looked pretty well. thought he looked pretty good. Uh, he played solid quarterback. He, he's a very good pocket passer. He's still a freshman. So. When he can stand in the pocket and survey the field, he, may, he, he, he goes through his reads and he makes the right throw. I don't know if you can say that about Willie Jones. Willie Jones locks on to his number one guy, and if his number one guy is there, he's going he's gonna to hit it. He's going he's gonna to make the throw. But if it comes down to going to his second, third option, I haven't seen Willie Jones consistently do that. But at the same time, we're playing a team that does not stop the run very well. Willie Jones is clearly – I mean, Tyler Vick can run, but uh, Willie Jones is on another level. So Don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't, <clears throat> don't underrate the fact that Willie Jones is familiar with Lafayette. He, played, he didn't start last year against them, but he pretty much played the whole entire game. Damian Williams played just a little bit, only threw seven passes. Last year against uh, the Rage of Cajuns, Texas State did lose 24-7. Willie Jones was 12 of 18, 197 yards, no touchdowns a pick, ran for 58 yards. So, you know, he has that familiarity with the team, also played that team in Louisiana last year. Now will be back home. So that's why I kind of think Willie Jones is going to be the starter still. And I, I think I think it'll be all right. I think it's definitely a winnable game for the Bobcats. Yeah, I, I, no doubt about it. I, I, I think this is one... I, I, I have us winning, personally. I could see us winning by a touchdown or so. Uh, they have to play better. They played fairly well against UTSA. That's the frustrating part. It's just the game plan was not good against UTSA. It really wasn't. Uh, UTSA had a terrible secondary, and I felt like we didn't exploit that enough. Um, and I hope we see a little bit more of that. Just looking at Louisiana's stats, I mean, they average about 25 points per game. Their opponents average 40 points per game. Uh, they average just from who they played. Just from who? Yeah, give you have to keep in mind who they play. They average about two hundred and four rushing yards a game. They have eight hundred and eighteen total rushing yards, whereas their opponents average for about two hundred and seventy rushing yards per game, about a thousand yards total. That's how much they've given up on the ground. And given that they've played two SEC teams, they're still ranked number four in third down conversions, which is pretty good in the, in the Sun Belt Conference. Whereas Texas State is number nine. Yeah, so and that's one thing Texas State was has not been great at this year. They've been great at a lot of things. Well, let's just put it simply. Yeah, when you haven't successfully established a run, you're setting yourself up for more third and long. So not getting you know third and fours, third and threes like this offense would rather have. Because third and under five, you feel like with whether it's Willie Jones or Vitt, with those running backs, with Keenan Brown and Tyler Watts, all guys that can get a couple yards, they feel comfortable on third and shorts. But the the lack of offense on the early downs is really hurting them. No, that, that's. I think you're definitely right in saying that. So when you look at this game, though, how do the two how do the two teams match up? Texas State has been in games all all throughout. Uh, they've they've. They, I personally think they should be three and one if if coaching had been where it really should have been. If one or two things go differently, if Willie Jones doesn't get hurt against South Alabama, I, I think you're. Think you're three and one. I think Texas State was a much better team than yeah, both we, South Alabama. We choked. Game. We choked. Yeah, we I and, think and UTSA. We choked. We were we were the much better team in both of those games. Personally, I, I think we were. Uh, I might be wrong in saying that, but I think personally, especially the UTSA game, we were a much more talented football team, and we just got out coached. See, I think we. Yeah, I agree with you. We have we have talent to beat uh, the Raging Cajuns, but like I really just don't trust our fourth quarter uh, defense. To be quite honest with you. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction. 28-24, we win. So, four-point four point win. I think so. I, I don't know. I just kind of I want to see them get a dub. But my mind still always replays that uh, that safety we had last week, the play. 
the play. Yeah. The play. Uh, I just always go back to that, and I'm like, no, no, I can't. I like it's kind of like a it's been haunting me for the past week. So I think it's haunted uh, all of us. That's why yeah. we're so because ready for another time game. I go into look at Bobcat football. I'm like looking for redemption. W- w- well, if we're just gonna run that, <laughs> like <laughs> at our own too. It, like, why should I even bother? I think that's the kind of the feeling of a lot of Texas State football fans when it comes to Texas State football in general. Why should I even bother? And that's kind of the thing that that's that's the uh, mindset that I think Texas State really wants to change. Uh, but to do that, you got to win games, especially games against rivals like UTSA, and you got to beat teams like South Alabama. It's simple as that. And we got to watch the penalties too. Watch out for those. I mean, we had a lot of a team that was like top five in penalty yardage, like least penalties a year ago, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of biting us in the butt this year. Yeah, so you don't you definitely don't want to shoot yourself in the foot, uh, especially like. In conference play, because now from here on out, Texas State needs to watch out for that. They need to make sure that they don't, nobody goes off sides. I'm pretty sure they go over that in practice every day. I mean, that's fundamental football right there. Yeah, I'll get to you quick. Texas State commits the fourth most penalties in the Sun Belt Conference. They've Ouch. Com- they've committed 34 for 280 yards, about 70 a game, only behind, oh only behind App State, Arkansas State, and South Alabama. While, while Louisiana good. commits the third fewest amount of penalties. Yeah, that's it's not ideal. <laughs> Um, what do you, what, uh, Brendan, we just heard from you. What do you, what are your predictions going into this game? Uh, what players make the big plays? What's the final score? Look, I'm a sucker for teams coming off a of bye week for teams having an extra week of pre- preparation, any situation, any team, you know, if you're somewhat, uh, competent, you should be able to take advantage of that. And I, th- I think Withers will, I think, he, you know, he's heard a lot of, you know, backlash, criticism from fans, boosters, uh, media, all this stuff because of how, you know, the last two games kind of went down. You know, he tries to, to play the tough guy. Oh, you know, we're, we're, we get over it. We're getting better. We're getting better. That's his favorite p- phrase by far. We're getting, getting, better. Better. We're getting I'm better. I'm going to start a tally on how many times he says that per, per <laughs> press conference. Uh, but I think they're going to use the bye week to their advantage with Willie getting hurt in that UTSA game. Gave him an extra week to rest. If Willie's not ready to go, it gave Tyler Vitt an extra week of first-team reps uh, to prepare them. So I think... I think the offense picks it up a little bit. Uh, I think the defense will be ready because Louisiana, they're, they're a decent passing team, not a great passing team. Uh, Louisiana's quarterback, Andre Nunez, he did play against us last year. and he's He didn't play all of last season, but he played some. And from his stats to this year, to la- this season to last season, he's already like, being better at completion percentage, uh, touchdowns, and interception ratio. Looking like a better QB. I just think that... The bye weeks have helped them a lot, especially with them coming off of Alabama. I kind of like in that range of uh, a, a 24, uh, 16, 20, no, no, not even that, uh, 24, it'd be a weird score, 19, something like that. You're sounding pretty smart, Brendan, right now. A year ago, we we played Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, we lost 7-24, and then we had our bye week before we went to Conway, South Carolina to take on Coast Carolina. Coming off that bye week, we won 27-7. So we, we've already proven that they can win off a of bye week from a year ago. Mark, what are your thoughts? Okay, so in my opinion, I believe we can secure this win, knowing that we had a bye week. Um, I'm pretty sure the players had plenty They had plenty of practice time, plenty of time to improve on the simple mistakes they made. Like, I'm pretty sure the coaches, have, they probably do punishment for penalties, uh, stupid mistakes. So I'm pretty sure these guys can really step it up. And, I mean, we can we can count on Tyler Vitt. I mean, if he starts, we can count on him. We, can, we already see how he can play. So, I mean, you got to limit be, the turnovers for yeah, him. Yeah, that, that's the key to Tyler Vitt's game right now. Is you just have to learn that you have to keep the ball in your team's hands to be successful. And I think that's one of the biggest things as a young quarterback is, is to learn, right? Like, ball, ball security is number one. 
especially for a quarterback. And, and add on to that, I mean, he had think about it, two full weeks of practice time in order mm-hmm. to improve. So I'm pretty sure he's mentally, he's definitely physically ready. But I'm pretty sure he's mentally ready for this game. And we will see uh, what Willie Jones' status is. I, they haven't told us he's clear. They haven't told us he's hurt. All they told us that there's an or. We might see any of the three. So going into this week's game, that's one. That's that's kind of a storyline to keep an eye keep an eye on is which of the three quarterbacks are we going to see? Are we going to see the true freshman, Tyler Vitt? Are we going to see the redshirt uh, freshman, Jalen Gibson? Or are we going to be keep, sophomore Willie Jones? Keep in mind, <clears throat> if uh, Tyler Vitt makes an appearance in this game, his redshirt's freshly burned. Redshirt burned. I, mm-hmm. I can just about, I, I can pretty, I'm pretty much predicting it's they're going to. I don't, I don't think at this point, with how much he played against UTSA, I'd be surprised, especially with how bad Gibson looked against UTSA in that one drive, I'd be surprised to see Tyler Vitt get that red shirt but it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on if he wins it i'm just gonna run out onto the field with a red shirt that i had and just light it on fire in the middle of the field and just <laughs> drop it <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna have it written on it and on just the burn back it. Of it that'd be great uh, i think we would all love to get that viral video so um guys let's move we haven't this is a tech state's pit talk we've covered a lot of san marcus rattlers football at this point in the show but uh they're on a bye week this week and we really want to talk about them because they haven't played very well so we're going to talk about debatably the best program at Texas State University. Debatably? Uh, I guess it's not much of a debate. Texas State <laughs> Volleyball. We haven't talked about them much on this show, but I wanted to give them 15 minutes or so. Let's just heap praise on this program. Coach Chisholm in her 39th year. Lord Chisholm. I mean, and, and people God, forget to mention we we had we had assistant coach Sean Hewitt on the show on Bobcat Radio earlier today. It was a fantastic interview. Uh, coach Smith, one of the other assist, the associate head coach, she's kind of the the head head gal in recruiting. And if you want to give her credit for anything, I mean, freshman Emily Dewalt. How do you get the number forty fourth player in the country to come play here? Pretty impressive. Uh, they they I think they had I don't remember what Coach Hewitt said like the thirty third class ranked recruiting class somewhere in that area. So. Pretty pretty impressive stuff. They've won nine games, nine matches in a row. They are five and zero in conference. They came back from two sets. They were down two sets against UTA last night. Came back and won it three to two. There's no argument. That this is the best volleyball team in the Sun Belt. They're ranked like thirty third in the country right now. Tech- a little bit, a little bit. Up, I think a little. I think it's that. like yeah, twenty seven. Like, like Texas State volleyball is. Three or four it big was, wins from four, being ranked. Like last week, it was four points from uh, being in the top twenty-five. Yeah, like they're so. just. Uh, and, I, and I'll tell you Which what: if you're wild. if you if you listen to the podcast and you're a fan of Texas State athletics and you've not been to a volleyball game, go. That environment has to be the best game environment at Texas State University by far. And it just does not get enough exposure. No, it really the doesn't. New arena and all that. You would think there'd be way more people in there than there are. And you look at but, them like uh, ranked with conference play. Texas State is number one in hitting percentage. They're number one in assists and kills. And, man, when you look at this team, I'll tell you what makes this team so special. It seems like every game when you go to the box score, a different player led the team in kills. A different player led the team in blocks. So just the depth on this roster is absolutely nuts. It, it Just head to toe, this is a, this is a very good roster. Uh, whenever we asked Coach – Hewitt, like which player behind the scenes keeps the team going? He mentioned Haley Brewer. Uh, you don't hear about Haley Brewer very often, but the fact that they have players like that who are behind the scenes, she's the senior from Longview, Texas, behind the scenes kind of gelling the team together. And then you have the players like Cheyenne Husky, for the transfer from Florida. You have 
uh, Janelle Fitzgerald, the true freshman out of Mansfield, which shout out to Bryson McKinney, future quarterback of Texas State Bobcats, playing for Mansfield High School right now. Um, <laughs> had to get that in there. Uh, there you go. Amy, Amy Fluhop's an absolute beast. Micah Dinwiddie was defensive player of the year last year as a sophomore. Tyranny Scott as a sophomore is fantastic. I mean, you could just keep going and going and going. Uh, Emily Dewall, we haven't even mentioned her. Oh, yeah, put her on a pedestal She's the best quick. freshman setter in the freaking country. Maybe, maybe best, best setter. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just because she's a freshman, we keep she wanting to throw that word. She was the AVCA D1 Player of the Week, and that's the first time in Texas State history that's ever been done. So she's yeah, already I, the best I, ever do it, right? Yeah. I, so I, we're at the point we just take the I'm not sure what ABCA stands for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can just label, label her the GOAT already. I mean, the GOAT. Yeah, but I think it's goat. American Volleyball something association. Championship. I don't know. I'm just making it Maybe. up. Maybe. I mean, just the depth on this team. We even Madison Daigle. We kind of forget to mention her. She's out of Baton Rouge. Literally probably the best player on the team. Sarabi oh, Worsley-Gilbert was the hero last night. She came up with 18 kills. Had a fantastic game. The game before that, it was Janelle Fitzgerald. The game before that, I believe it was Amy Fluhop. The game before that, it was like, like every week it's a different player on that squad stepping up, making big plays, and carrying the team. And it, what What's the old quote? Um, pick up where the last one left off or something similar to that. Like a team full of playmakers? Yeah. I mean, from head to toe. Yeah. How do you prepare for a team like this? You can't prepare for one player. You can't. I mean... Chisholm even said herself that they this is like the top three teams she's ever coached in her 39 years. Isn't that ridiculous? Hey, Coach, very, Coach very Hewitt. And how many times have they won an NCAA tournament? Like four, five, maybe six? An NCAA championship? Yeah. They never won it. I think they've been to it a couple times. Oh, okay. The last time so. they've been to the tournament was 2013. 2013. Yeah, okay, been there. They've never won it. won it. Okay, anyway. You, yeah. We have you on record saying this is the year they win the Natty. So This is the, where, this is the year they win the Natty. That's what last I, year's that's what mon- last week's Monday Bobcat Holtz. Radio, you straight up said. Friday. Or Friday, last week's Friday's Bo- Bobcat Radio, you said uh, Texas State Volleyball is going to win a Natty this year. Natty. Have you on record. I believe you played an air horn after that. Some, me, me, me. <laughs> someone pull yeah, up that air check. Basketball chant, I believe that we will win. Uh, that's a soccer chant, but. Soccer? It's, yeah, it originated in, in women's U.S. soccer. Well, women's U- U.S. soccer. Uh, my bad. Yeah, I guess it's just been stolen and used everywhere else. But Swag Jack. My next question. Best volleyball team in Texas State history? Question mark? You, there's, I mean, there's no way you can say that yet. You yeah, I guess you have to see what they do. I guess you have to see what they do in uh, postseason play. Got to win the Got to win the conference first. But if she's already saying top three, wouldn't you think that that may be? And, you know, there's a lot of great teams that I, have – there's a lot of great teams that have, like, didn't, like, get, like, full look, potential. That's like, that's like calling the this year's Boston Red Sox as soon as they won 100 games as early as they did, saying, oh, best ever. You know, you've exactly. got to see what they do. So we'll see what they do in the postseason play. We're going to talk to NLB here in, in a few minutes. A lot of today's show is going to go to national stuff. There's just a lot more national stuff to cover. This week, then local stuff. But one more thing I want to mention about Texas State Volleyball. Uh, we're really going to figure out what they're made of here in the next few weeks. So this weekend, Friday and Saturday, they're going to be on the road in Georgia on a road trip, taking on Georgia State and Georgia Southern. And the next weekend is probably the biggest weekend of the season, regular season. Uh, they will host Appalachian State, who is also undefeated in conference. And then Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina has struggled this year. They're the team that won it the past two years, won the Sun Belt Conference Championship. 
and they play some very tough competition. So this is a team similar to Texas State. Where and that may be our quote-unquote rivals. I don't know. Volleyball uh, rivals, you would think. And soccer, too. So, yeah, throw that one in, too. Um, you have that, those games next Friday and Saturday. Definitely want to go to those. Those are going to be some big-time matches. So they're, they're coming. They're kind of on the uh, final stretch right now. The, the last few uh, matches of the season are happening right now. So you may definitely want to follow the team as they go through the com- probably this like I said the most important weekend on the regular on the regular season schedule next week for Appalachian State Coast Carolina and of course next week we'll probably get y'all ready for that a little bit more before we move to MLB postseason and national news I want to throw one more thing Texas State football wise you're missing a big Texas State thing I'll, I'll get to it after that Texas you're State football and I'll let you jump to that Texas State football got a new commitment this past week, I, you know, I love to keep you guys updated on Texas State recruiting. Well, they picked up a three-star recruit out of Louisville High School, Louisville, Texas. Kevin Anderson, uh, he is a safety, six foot five, a six foot, one hundred ninety pounds. He is now ranked the third highest guy in our class according to twenty four seven. That is the seventeenth commit in the twenty nineteen class. So, pretty good class being built by Texas State going into next year, but. Before we move on to national stuff, what's the big uh, thing we, that yeah, we're missing, it? Brendan? Hopefully you guys have kept up with some Texas State stuff this past week, especially yesterday. A little bit. Cat Osterman. You oh, news for on sure. That. Yes. Uh, Reed, I noticed you left that out of the notes. Uh, Texas State uh, pitching coach Cat Osterman is unretiring from uh, being retired from softball to rejoin the uh, U.S. Olympic team for the Olympics in 2020. First time softball has been played at the Olympics since 2008, which she pitched there. She pitched. Uh, she made her debut when she was 21 years old in 2004 uh, for the Olympics. She took a year off of school from UT to go play the Olympics. She's kind of seen as a softball legend. Whoa. Oh, for sure. That's and child. she's making her return. She's 35 years old right now. <laughs> and she's looking to make the Olympics. She got the invitation. She's going to be a part of the Olympics team for 2020. The starting? Well, no, she, so she has to make the team just like everybody else. Uh, but she's oh, returning. Okay. To attempt, um, it's pretty it's pretty interesting story. So back in tw- two thousand eight, when they originally played, they lost to China. Is that who they lost to? Uh, I thought it was Japan. Japan. They lost to Japan. Yeah, yeah Japan. And so they they lost to Japan, and that was what the last year they it was an Olympic sport. So they lost to Japan. They weren't able to bring uh, the medal home. And I think that she's in in one of the interviews. It just kind of ate at her, and she said, uh, "They won. I think they won the silver medal, and so, but they want the gold, and she wants to go back. And it, she sees this opportunity. Volleyball has been added. I mean, so- softball has been added back, as well as baseball, which is awesome, back to the Olympics, to the Olympic schedule. And now at 35, she she just coached uh, Randy Rupp, who just got drafted, one of the highest, one of the best pitchers Texas State's ever seen. Uh, I'm sh- maybe that gave her a little bit of fire to get back on the on the hill as well." Uh, it's just a cool story, and hopefully we wish her the best, wish her a lot of success, and it'll be interesting to see what she does. That'll give Texas State fans a, another reason to keep up with the USA Softball Olympic run, So, especially if she makes the team. Absolutely. I mean, she's I, a fan of the show. Is she really? Because we're a fan of her. That means she's a fan of the show. She's yeah. She is a friend of the show, that's for sure. Yeah, the, yes. the, show, the show goes on like Lupe Fiasco. <laughs> Real quick, I just want to give you guys this uh, – this line from this article on ESPN that was posted yesterday when uh, uh, Osterman said she was coming back. The quote, this is from 
uh, Stacy Nuivman Denise. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but she was kind of part in like recruiting for the U.S. team. Mm-hmm. She said, "You don't become one of the greatest players in the sport for so many years." Osterman and Monica Abbott, another. Uh, she's about 41 years old. She got offered to come uh, dry out again too. Mm-hmm. They were offered softballs. Ver- they were softballs version of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Wow. That, that's I how mean, high a praise Kat Osterman like, gets. People don't realize crazy. like Kat, like people are like, oh yeah, she was good. No, she was a legend at softball. That's how good she was. So. Uh, this is really big news in the softball world. It really is. Uh, I don't know how it'll, it will impact her coaching the Texas State softball team. I know she's not leaving her position, probably just taking a leave of absence for a little while while she makes this run. But eh, it's exciting stuff, and I'm glad you brought that up, Brendan. Uh, let's go ahead and transition to Major League Baseball. Uh, postseason has begun. I don't know if y'all stayed up late last night to watch the game like I did. To, uh, Colorado, the Colorado Rockies in the first playoff game of the year took down the Chicago Cubs. R.I.P. Uh, Alex Gibbs baseball season. I see here it's in oh, 13 he really innings. He really 13 good. innings. Let me tell you, I was watching the game a little Marathon. bit. Marathon. <clears throat> Jeez. I was watching the game a little bit. It got kind of late. I go out to the bars and the game's still on. <laughs> I'm standing there at the, at, at, at the few places on the square, just like, hold on, guys, we we'll go to the next spot after this game ends. <laughs> the Colorado and just it just scored. Keeps going and going. You're like, you know, maybe I should just go. No, I turned the game on in the seventh, and I think it was like nine o'clock. And I was like, well, I'll just watch these last two innings. And at that point, it was one to nothing, Colorado. And I was like, well, I'll just watch these next few innings and then go to bed and go on my merry way because I'm not a partier like Brendan. I, I stay home on Tuesday nights. So yeah, same. Tuesday uh, nights, Brendan. Some of us have Wednesday classes, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I turned the game on in the seventh inning. I believe that Colorado was at bat, and uh, I just it looked like they had it in the bag. Of course, it's playoffs. You never really know, especially in a one-run game like that. Um, I told Alex Gibbs, who was our local Cubs fan here. I guess Ethan Hunt's big of a bit of a Cubs fan as well. But I told – uh, he's just a punk. I told I told Alex skipping around teams like I that. told Lexi I, I told him I said uh, if they had won the wild card game they were my pick to win the World Series. I, I just once you get that momentum you win the wild card game it's it's kind of a like a snowball. It's hard to stop stop the team when they get that hot. So I, mean, I, I thought it, I thought they had a shot. Now Colorado is going to be taking on Milwaukee, I believe. Yep. Uh, Milwaukee was the team I had picked to win the World not to win the World Series to make the World Series. Obviously, obviously I have Houston picked to win. Uh, what what are your thoughts on uh, the Dodgers and the uh, what you call it? Dodgers Braves. Yeah, Dodgers Braves. That series, series could really go either way. It That's really a, could. It's, it's yeah, a really interesting series. A I'm checking the bracket right now. I'm checking out who. Yeah, so that'll RP be a fun. Alex and Ethan. I mean, first, I mean, Ethan got a lot of shade thrown at him. It's not only the Cubs, <laughs> also like the Steelers too. Um, so, <laughs> does anybody else think that the A's are gonna get smashed tonight? I think no, they're gonna win. The, so here's what I said: the A's are are a team built to win one game. Think about it. They have one really good pitcher in Sean Manaya. They have a very good bullpen, and they have a sneaky, explosive offense. This is a team that is built to win one game. You so said those exact words last week, and I exactly it's wild. Exactly. This is it's, this is this is my point. Uh, this is a team that I, I could see them winning tonight, winning maybe the first or second game of the Boston series, and then Boston would run away with it because they just have the depth to win it. And, Boston has the team to win a five to seven game series. I don't think Oakland does. Not right now. I think Oakland is a one to two. They can win one for sure uh, if they play at their best. So I don't. It, it'll be interesting. I think. Are New they York, at home? It's in New York. It's in New York. It's in New York. Uh, I believe. 
New York. Where? Last time New York was in an a, was in a wild card game, they were taking on at home. They were taking on the Houston Astros, who were in a very similar boat as Oakland. They were a team no one pegged to make the playoffs uh, in 2015, and they they snuck their way well, to the playoffs. Went into New York, beat the Yankees in New York. Colby Rasmus, yes, Colby Rasmus had a big home run in that game, as well as Carlos Gomez. So. Uh, Real quick, Reed. I know you want an opportunity to try to boost the Astros. You always do. But that nothing to do. But but the oh, the no, Yankees yeah. actually played a wild card game last year against the Twins. Did they play? Yeah, they beat them. But that was that was in New York too. When was yeah. that in New York or was it in Minnesota? Pretty sure it's in New York. Uh, I just know Luis uh, Severino who's going that tonight. That was like another really close she, game as well, though. Uh, Severino is going tonight for the Yankees. Last year in the wild card got game, torn he, up. yeah, he got torn up. Only went about two in a, innings, yeah. two and a third, something like that. They gave it to him again. I'll tell I'll tell you what though, like. Oakland, this Oakland team is head and shoulders better than the Minnesota team was a year ago. I can tell you that for sure. So if, if New York's on that same level, maybe a little bit better, they're going to have to really play a good game. So uh, And it doesn't really get easy for either team because whoever wins will be taking on uh, Boston in the divisional series. Mm-hmm. So that would be a fun one either way. I think everybody wants it to be New York. Of course. Oh, um, I guess that, I had a question about the e- Indians and Astros. So I guess are you guys still going to have a good friendship after Friday? Ah. I'm going to definitely start watching baseball on Friday. <laughs> I, I I will tell you. Look, longest championship drought ever. 70 years. And I care why? 70-year drought, man. <laughs> why would saying. I care? I'm just saying. You don't care, and that's cool. But We just had a drought too, buddy. The ne- Y'all's, y'all's flame is going out. Like Our flame can only get What do you hotter. mean it's going out? We've been <laughs> we just got to the top. I think I I don't know. I think they're gonna come away with it. I mean, I think you're forgetting about my boy, uh, two-time Cy Young Award winner, and three times All-Star. Coy Kluber, big Coy Kluber. Here's fan. the thing, yeah. though. This is a five-game series. He can't pitch all five games. Okay, okay. Well, don't <laughs> Carlos Carrasco, Josh Donaldson, Francisco Lindor, Jose no. Ramirez, uh, Ramirez, Ramirez. <laughs> Ramirez. Uh, Michael Bradley. You can uh, shout names at me. I can shout names right back. Yeah, at you I know. That are just as good, if not better. So. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun series. Uh, if I, and I think if if Houston can beat Cleveland, because Cleveland, honestly, out of all the teams in the AL, they're the team I'm worried about the most. We've do, we dominated Boston in the regular season in Fenway, so I'm not super worried about them. Uh, I don't I don't know how you feel so confident just winning a couple of regular season games though against the team who's the because least, that had their best season ever. Because it was J- late in the season, both teams were trying to like both teams <laughs> were battling to clinch. So it was not. I mean, it was a postseason atmosphere, but it was. It was they were important games, so both teams are throwing their best po- out there. Postseason, regular season, two completely different things. Well, of you course know I know that, Brendan, you know, but it doesn't sound like it. You it still really has confident. to give you confidence knowing that you've already been into their stadium and beat them at home. Should have swept them, uh, but we'll get. Oh to yeah, I've heard, heard, heard this one before. Should have swept them. Should have swept. I guess so. What are y'all's uh, predictions? Uh, I guess moving on, carry on with this uh, series. So I, I have Yankees. Houston winning it in, in four. Uh, Houston over Cleveland in four. Mm-hmm. I have. The A's beating New York and then losing to Boston in four. I have. Oh. Well, the Dodgers and the Braves. Dodgers, Braves. That's going to go five. I, I, I can't. I guess I'm going to go ahead and go Dodgers in five. I'm going, I'll, I'll give Dodgers because experience. Yeah, experience in Kershaw. I mean, you just, you <laughs> yes. have played in Kershaw. That helps. <laughs> so you think the Rockies are going to rock the um, Milwaukee's world or what? No. No. Milwaukee might sweep them, to be honest. Like, Colorado has a really good offense. You really think the Indians are just going to win one game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? One. I'll give you all one. 
Y'all could win two. I'm not saying oh two is like God. not possible. Yeah, just remember, remember what he said. Just remember. Y'all just got Carmelo <laughs> Anthony over there in Houston now. It's just a bad, had hey, juju. Hey, but I am just an Astros fan. I am not a Houston sports I'm fan. I'm so glad we got it's, rid of it's, Carmelo. It's grafted. It's, it's, it's wrapped it's, all in. The disease has finally been cured. All I'm saying, if that was true, it would have affected him a year ago. So. You can't um, you can't really use that because last year we went and won a World Series in our first really yeah but you didn't have Melo in Houston <laughs> what does Melo being on the Rockets have to do with the Houston he's, he's Astros bad juju man yeah because Melo just left New York the Yankees gonna win tonight I actually exactly. <laughs> wait where was he before so that that's that's okay, that's the difference OKC. for you going into they that don't series. have sports. Oh, are we talking about basketball? I mean, we, we we got, I mean, like, uh, okay, he was in Oklahoma. OU blew it in the in the playoffs against Georgia. I don't care about OU. I don't care about them. I'm telling you, I'm more, I'm Anthony has, you know, has okay, a weird, weird. Melo is just a ghost living disease him, for every team he joins. So let's look at the Oakland game tonight a little bit more. Oakland, New York, in New York. There has to be like a some kind of man. Oakland's kind of the underdog type feeling, right? Like everybody's got to be like. They're the underdogs. The thing about Oakland is, like, like I mentioned, they just have the team to do this. And I, Chris Davis is a legit AL MVP type guy. I don't think his batting it's, average numbers are it's, quite it's there. Just he's hitting, he's hit exactly two forty seven for four yeah, straight for seasons. like four straight years. He's hit exactly two forty seven. He like what? Forty three home runs 48. this year. Forty eight. Yeah, Little up league. there. Had a great year. Um, that's another thing. I want to go ahead and now that the season's over, who are your MVPs in the AL and in the NL? And we can go ahead and do Cy Youngs, too, because that's another interesting – does Jacob deGrom win? I feel like we did this once. We did it like three like we weeks did. ago when it wasn't even the end of the season. Now that we have the end of the season numbers and we've seen how it all wrapped up, uh, I think your AL MVP has to be J.D. Martinez. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's a couple guys you can be like, well, they're in the talk, but here's Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think one and two is J.D. and Mookie Betts. Mookie, <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly didn't think Mookie until you look more into his stats. I mean, his like doubles numbers are ridiculous, and he's I think, I think like league war. Yeah, he's had a he's had a really good year. Like, I mean, m- me being a Houston guy, I was biased. I said I want Bregman in the top three, but and Bregman could be the third guy. He's had a great year, but just when you dive more into Mookie's stats, he's just been fantastic, especially defensively as well. Did so. Jose, well, I know I know you like uh, Jose Alto. wasn't in he uh, was uh, Josie he was wasn't he wasn't an MVP guy this year. He was he didn't make it that far. Okay, he still was a good still player. I mean, still the best second baseman in the Mi- in the American League, but Mi- missed some missed some time. I heard him. Yeah, and, and he just didn't have the power numbers he had a year ago. So. Uh, and in the NL, there's a lot of guys. I think Christian Yelich has got to be the NL MVP. Uh, uh, yeah, we talked about this like a week or two ago. I didn't even think about Yelich. Now, I think Yelich yeah, is <laughs> just, he's might be the guy. He, he he missed a triple crown by what? One home or two RBIs? One home or two RBIs. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. He, he hit two cycles in the last month of the season. Milwaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee has the best record in the NL. I find it funny how cycles have become so commonplace. Like Charlie Blackman hit for the cycle like a week ago, and everyone was like, oh, that's cool. Like, good for him. And like two years ago, that everybody would have lost their mind. So, I don't know. It's just an interesting, interesting I have thing to the, look uh, at. the Cy Young predictor right here off of ESPN pulled up. Uh, if Jacob DeGrom isn't the NL Cy Young, I'm pissed. No, nah, uh, Max Scherzer. Oh, come on. He wins it every Aaron year. Aaron Nola cheating. is second. That's cheating. Yeah, they have DeGrom at fourth down there. Yeah. Fifth. It's it, it's probably because his, his win-loss record which uh, yeah, was th- pretty th- bad, that, but it's because th- he played on. Th- th- to be fair for the voters, this is a weird year, especially for the NL. Like, Yes, I think DeGrom was the best pitcher, but then Verlander again. Verlander's sitting at fourth. Yeah, that, produce. I think that's probably somewhat where hey. he belongs, to be honest. I'm Bueller's surprised. Why is Blake, Blake Trinan is way up there? 
Dude, uh, a yeah. guy who didn't even record. Well, Blake th- Snell is the highest one also, but he has only Blake 31 Trinan's, games. Under I don't know. Him, how, so. I don't know how accurate so this, this is. Na- Blake Trinan's number two, and so name your kids Blake. Blake Trinan has not started <laughs> a game in 68 games. Yeah, he's a relief pitcher. He's a, he's a closer, uh, and he's the he's been, he was the best closer, but he didn't even record for like what what what's like the record. Uh, uh, Edwin Diaz led the league in saves this past season. Yeah, I, I would think if you're going to put a closer in the Cy Young race, that's. I mean, Justin Verlander is second in the league behind Max Scherzer for uh, strikeouts. No, right Verlander now. has a lot of really impressive stats. I, I was I was seeing this. I don't remember what it was, but he he led. It was like it was four different st- statistic categories that were all. I don't remember exactly what they were. Uh, I think he led in strikeouts. What was that? is that correct? He led the AL in strikeouts. Verlander did. I'd have to pull up. Yeah, the yeah he, did. he did. He, did. No, yeah. he led I'm, the AL I'm in strikeouts. Right he led them in innings pitched. No, he didn't lead them in innings pitched. He he was up there though, uh, and he had one of the lower ERAs. So uh, you you can make an argument for Not, Verlander. He had the uh, highest. You can make an argument for he Blake had the most Snell. Innings pitched. Kluber oh, had a really good year. Uh, Kubler had the most innings pitched. Okay, if you're going to pitch, okay, I'm gonna get on you, Peyton. What up? If you're going to put him on such a high pedestal, please, please pronounce his name right. Corey Kluber. 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 I was saying Kubler. You were saying Kubler. Hey. Hubert. Hubert. That's Jared pronu- Hubert. That's how they pronounce it in Cleveland. <laughs> they call him Kubler. <laughs> that, that's Kubler, yeah. Is that, is, that, is that the Cleveland accent? Yeah, they put like you a, like Cleveland. There's like a you think Cleveland's cool. Of, uh, 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 pictures of him with like a cue ball on the top of his head. Kubler. This yeah, but this man's just making up things on the fly right now. Really <laughs> <laughs> I know when Peyton's lying to me. <laughs> tell me, tell me how, how I'm gonna give you player A, player B. So player A, 269 strikeouts in a 217 innings with a 1.7 ERA. That's the lowest ERA in baseball. Player two, 330 strikeouts, 2.5 ERA. Which one wins the Cy Young? Well, clearly it's a. Uh, Clubber. Sure. <laughs> Pretty sure you just gave me DeGrom and Scherzer. DeGrom and Scherzer, yeah. DeGrom was uh, I number think, one. I, I think you have to give it to DeGrom. This, this season was historic. He never allowed more than four runs a, a single 1. game this year. 1.7 ERA. That's ridiculous. Never once allowed more than four runs this year. It's just the Mets were so it's bad. Crazy, crazy. Uh, here, here's the numbers on the on the uh, AL MVP. Mookie Betts led both leagues with 3.46 average, clubbed 32 home runs, and had a 10.2 WAR, Thank you, the which was the highest. JD Martinez had the most RBIs, the most home runs, the most batting, the highest, one of the better batting averages. Second home run. Jose Ramirez had a ridiculous year. Uh, he had a he had a 30-30 year. That's always impressive. Uh, I'm a big Jose Ramirez fan. Yeah, I like Jose Ramirez. And then, of course, Francisco Lindor had a good year as well. Almost pretty similar numbers, just not as much stolen bases. And then Mike Trout did Mike Trout stuff. So Mike Trout's always up there mm-hmm. like every year. So there's no surprise there. So, guys, now that we've talked a lot of baseball – it's time to talk some NFL football. It's That's roughing the passer. <laughs> 15 yards. Oh, call the game now. Okay. Uh, it's Dallas-Houston week. Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans. This weekend, I think it's Saturday, Sunday night football. Uh, it's going to be a big game. I mean, big game. It's between a 2-2 two and two team and the a 2-3 team. So, I think uh, a 1-3 Houston team. 1-3, yeah. This is literally the game. They're both like, okay, we suck, but... Are we the suckiest team? In Texas? I wouldn't even say that though, because like, uh, didn't the Browns Dallas, and Raiders play last year? If last Dallas, week? if Dallas, <laughs> hey, chill. It was a shootout. It really Wait, was. If Dallas can find the offense they had against Detroit, they could be a good team. I could see them winning Detroit, nine, ten games. Detroit has a very, very bad uh, rushing defense. 
No, for sure, for sure, and they took advantage of that. They really uh, did. But they also threw the ball very well. You can't discredit that. They they threw the ball for Speaking over 250 passing, yards, though, two touchdowns. Dallas ranked they rank 30th in NFL in passing right now, so they'll definitely need uh, they'll definitely need uh, some help. And I'm pretty sure, like I know you're going to get to it in a second, but like I'm pretty sure, uh, Des Bryant. We know, like, he wants to return to That's going to be an interesting they should, discussion. They should sign we'll get there they're here in a minute. They're ranked 30th, yeah. and there's, like, yep, they're ranked 30th past 32 teams. But, so, Brennan, you're, you're – Yes. <laughs> and, okay, so – and I like your first bullet point. Well, no, I definitely knew there was 32 teams. Well, but uh, the Cowboys offense back, my I, I put a, a little bullet point under that and said, nah, chill. So, this is the best the offense – You'd win in a court of law. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. This is the best offense – the best the Cowboys offense has looked since 20 – 2016, when Dak Prescott actually looked like a decent NFL quarterback. So it, it it's kind of a Texas Longhorn situation, isn't it? It's like, oh, we play one good game. It's like, we're back. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> you ha- but it, it still has to be promising. Your, your wide receivers finally got separation. You were finally able to establish the run. Jeff Swaim looks like a really good tight end, surprisingly. I mean, they were pretty well last game, but it, like, these, like, it was still uh, it came down to a really good pass to a Zeke. Doesn't that to set up a game winner? And the Feed is, the man. I'm not saying his passing wasn't fantastic that game. Yeah, it was. That's t- that's what I'm getting at. He was very good in that what game. What was his percentage? I'm pun pull it up right okay. now. Hey, but but Ze- the thing about Zeke is he's oh my bad, Peyton. Oh like, no, you're good. Zeke is a little sore, but he's okay to play against Houston. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, Houston's not really the. Oh, he's gonna the be go- fine. They're not the go-to team, so I'm pretty sure they're gonna feed the man, as y'all say, for Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're gonna feed him. I feel like he's gonna get. I still over. don't think he's performing as well as he could either. I mean, this game right here, this will show. I mean, this will be a. a I guess the tables will turn after this game for Ezekiel Elliott. I believe he's so, gonna be over. He's gonna get in the triple digits for rushing yards. So, for sure. so Dak uh, was 17 for 27, 255 yards, um, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a quarterback rating of 118.6. So. Had a pretty good game. I mean, that's that's the most accurate he's been in in seventeen weeks. He was that the throw to Michael Gallup was right on the money. The throw to Tavon Austin that that was dropped was right on the money. It should have been caught. I know he got hurt on the play, but it was after the the he had a, he had an opportunity to catch the ball. Um, he made it, the throw to Zeke was I mean absolutely perfect. Of course, Zeke was fairly wide open, but even then you got to be able to place it over the shoulder like that. It's not an easy throw. Also, well, he, against the Lions. I'll point that out. Lions have a good secondary, though. That's their strength. Their their rushing eh. defense. I mean, they, they, they beat the Patriots the week before, so I, I don't understand. You're but, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I don't, the Vikings lost. You know, I don't know any. Exactly. That's so, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so you don't know. Uh, but on that play where Zeke had that long catch to seal the game. Sure. Sure. He called that play. It was him who went out. They went out in a five wide set. Dak did or Zeke did. Zeke. They Zeke went. Out, they went out in a five wide set earlier in the game, and Zeke was like, "Hey, they're coming with a linebacker." He went to uh, Scott Linehan and. The OC coach, he's, hey, they got a linebacker guarding me. We go five wide. I can beat him. I know I can. Dialed up his own number, made the big play. For sure. And here's, here's the most promising thing for me. Yeah, the most looking looking at Looking also. at the stats. Zeke, four catches, 88 yards, touchdown. Cole Beasley, four catches, 53 yards. Michael Gallup, two catches, 45 yards. Jeff Swaim, three catches, 39 yards. Alan Hearns, three catches, 30. They spread the ball out. They got it to all the different receivers, got them all involved. I mean – People got kind of critical of, of Cole. We didn't get to talk about that. Cole Beasley was very critical of the Dallas Cowboys offense. I mean, he came out and said, well, we have playmakers. Receivers are getting open. The passes aren't there. This week, the passes were there. Sure enough, your guys made plays. So if da- it, it all comes down to Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott can – Yeah, it just seemed like he was slacking. If he can 
he he had been slacking since all of last year and the yeah. first two games in the first three games of this year. But this so is. Do you think it just takes being called out to? I think it's. I think it, game? I think it, it it's a big confidence thing with him. I I just it just seems to be that the well, mental game is big for him. The, what I like most was he. It was multiple attempts. Dak throwing the ball kind of deep. You know, obviously not taking the Patty Mahomes shots, but there's a couple yeah. times he was throwing. You know, uh, he's looking for the fade right down the sideline. He's looking for the guy deep down. the He middle. seemed more confident. De- definitely. That's all. That's, that's all I wanted. I don't care. I don't care if you throw interceptions. People think interceptions are the worst. Of the- Peyton, Peyton Manning threw picks. Brett Favre threw the most ever. Um, Andrew Luck. <laughs> yeah, and, and Andrew Luck threw for 400 yards, five touchdowns last week. He throw. He's known as someone who throws a lot of picks. He didn't throw a pick in that game. Throw it up. Let your receivers make plays. He had a monster game. So yeah, like, like this, is what receivers kind of want. Also, they they want that, especially Alan Hearns. He's a big guy. He can Absolutely, get it, he, he, he was one. Of the, he was another one of those guys yeah, that he, was saying like, "I'm a playmaker. Get me the ball." Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and you know what? Bortles <laughs> Bortles was a little you know timid. It's, you know, I like Bortles kind of thing. Uh, but he would still throw it up to Hearns, and Hearns was making really big plays for them last yeah. year, um, which they're probably regretting now. But um, their defense is still good. So here's our next topic. It's a big what-if scenario, right? Uh, Des Bryant has yet to sign with the team. He has been sided with Jerry Jones several times. He was at the game against uh, Detroit this past week. He was there. Uh, Dallas fans, he, he posted something about Dallas fans being very friendly to him, like still loving him. He's I don't know if y'all have noticed from week one, all he was doing was bashing the Dallas Cowboys on Twitter. Now he seems to be supporting him. He, he was rooting him on. I don't know. Maybe nobody wanted him. So rounds. would it be realistic for the Dallas Cowboys to re-sign Dez? And if they did, where does he fit in the game plan? Does he go straight back to being your number one guy? Or does he have to earn his number like every other guy I mean, in that receiving core? Him and Alan Hearns and then Cole Beasley in the slot. It'd be nasty. Money. It'd be nasty, It'd be but real good. Do you do you do you trust just throwing him back in there? I mean, he knows. The we plays. we know we know the re- biggest reason he was cut was was money, right? It's just the money. The, so there's three big questions here, right? Is Dak is Dez willing to re- resign for a lower amount of? Is he is he willing to resign on a lower deal because he'd almost have to to even consider it? Number two. Does does the team want him back? You know, because uh, it's always when you have a separation like that. There's always a little bit of, you know, I don't want to say hard feelings, but you just don't very often see a guy who got cut by a team come right I back. I mean, Le'Veon, Chris Bryce Butler, Le'Veon's back, coming but, back week yeah. seven. You think that that locker room's gonna be? And then, and then number three, for the Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys. <laughs> and then number three, where does he fit into the game plan? I mean. Is he still – that's been the question the past two years. He he hasn't played like that big number one receiver that he used to be. Brendan, you're being really quiet over there. You're a Dallas guy through and through. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think we should all go down to our local – we have an academy around here, I think. Go down, yeah. go down there and buy a bunch of those $20 Jets jerseys because they're being sold for about $20. He's not on the team because he's going to be back on the Cowboys in the next few weeks. You're you're, you're on board. Uh, I, I think he's going to be. I uh, like he's around the organization so much. Clearly, there's a need. The organization's uh, red zone offense being uh, one of the worst in the league. That that's their thing. Oh, we don't have a receiver threat. We don't have a receiver. So threat. even if he's just so, a red zone guy, even if because like let's say we keep saying the Cowboys struggling in the red zone. They did a big play make a receiver. And we're like, oh, there's no one out there. They don't need this. What are we doing to John Gruden right now? Where the Raiders need a pass rush. They need a pass rush. Well, why'd you get rid of Khalil Mack? Yeah. Same thing with the Cowboys. If you need a red zone guy, if you need a number one receiver, why'd you get rid of Des Bryant? 
So you're exactly. all you're all on board to bring in. That's was very well said. So if you're you're Brendan Snow, write it down. Brendan Snow says Des Bryant's back in the Cowboys uniform in what three weeks? Uh, when's the Cowboys buy? That, uh, I don't I don't have their bye week. In I'll, front quote, of me. I'll quote his tweet uh, real quick. I'll quote Des Bryant's tweet. Yeah, yeah. I want. I'll, I'll rather it be the Dallas Cowboys. If not, I'll be ready to play somewhere else. So he's pretty it's, much saying Dallas is his first choice, but he's ready to go anywhere. <clears throat> A week ago, uh, two weeks ago, Des wouldn't have. <laughs> dreamed of playing for the Cowboys again. So, so, so what's changed? Like I mean, he's, a, he's a Texan. He's yeah. from Tyler. Oh, no, no, my bad. He's from Lufkin. 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 Uh, myself, just in case. Yeah, they got three. Cowboys have three games left, and then it's their bye week after they play the Redskins, before they play the Titans. Before they play the Titans on that a Monday night game? It was like a Monday night game. So you're pretty sure he's back on the team. Yeah. Right Monday night game. All right. Hey, but hey, y'all y'all number two in the NFC East, so I mean, I'm pretty sure you can pass up. It, it's been a weird. Technically tied. It's been a weird Oh, no, no, because Washington didn't play. Washington didn't Philly, play. Philly, Philly is also on the same boat. Yeah. Like, it's been a weird It's been a weird season for that division. Speaking of, let's, let's move to the Houston Texans. Like, so we're going up. A lot of people in this area are Texans fans, right? Um, what yeah, the hell are the Houston Texans? Are they Are they good? I don't think so. Are they terrible? I don't know. I they have a lot of talent. That's the thing. I mean, you have the number. Let's say they got one of the top three best wide receivers in the league. JJ Watts racked up five you sacks in two Clowney. games. Javion Clowney is always solid on the other edge. Aaron Colvin's not a lockdown corner, but he's pretty solid. You have decent safeties. Uh, you have pretty okay linebackers, at least serviceable. You have though line's probably the worst spot on the team, right? The, the offensive yeah. line. Uh, Deshaun Watson, while he's been up and down, has thrown for like 300 yards in this past three weeks. Well, it's, it's On much, paper, it's, it's a good team. It's questionable with Kiki Kuti. Um, Kiki, do you love me? Has one big game and people are all over him. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I need, I need, especially with how, what, what's happened with Dak, I need like three good seasons before I trust and you. Don't forget the honey badger. <laughs> I feel like. Uh, yeah, Tyron Matthew. Forget that he's there. I feel like I haven't said anything uh, that offended Parker lately. Oh, so do it, do it. Here, do it. here we go. Um, you said the Houston Texans, contenders, pretenders, figments of our imagination, and I are they even real? Uh, yeah, are they real? <laughs> I said they're they're like one of those teams, like the Houston Oilers or um, the uh, Baltimore Browns or like the St. Louis Rams. <laughs> so not that real. Have, not yeah, real. <laughs> yeah, they'll have a, they'll have a team for a bit. And they can never get them unsucky, <laughs> so they just sell them to some other sucker. They're like, they sell them to San Antonio. Is that sucker? Go play yeah. in the Alamo <laughs> Dome. Yeah, you hear it. You heard it here. That was as hot of a take as we've ever had. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Peyton but Hill they, just they said have, Houston okay. Texans won't be Houston Texans. Okay, in the future they have talent. I've thought. I've thought like before this season started. I thought they were going to be good, like good in like all capital letters. Um, <laughs> The Browns were just going to be so not good, good in lowercase. Browns are going to be good in lowercase letters, um, but they 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 always have a problem with injury. They're not making the right play calls, and yes, they're secondary on their. Bill O'Brien has to go. Bill O'Brien has to. He go. has to go. We'll take a poll on that, but um, maybe that's what the banner should be Houston blown over in Texas State. <laughs> Bill O'Brien needs to leave, and everybody's gonna be like, "Yeah, we have to, we have to run to like, we have to start a rally. Like, we'll start like a, we'll, we can start like a group. I would say like a, actually no, we can start like a, yeah, we can start a group and just a walk around. me. Yeah, uh, and then we can just walk around in anti-Houston Texan uh, gear. And so walk, is, yeah. it has so, the hey, Texans' horns just like upside get rid down. Of O'Brien. So, something interesting. Oh, get rid of O'Brien. Change it back to the Oilers. <laughs> Wait, do you think? Do you think? Concern, just just redraft Earl Campbell. Problem solved. Naturalists <laughs> will like it as like as. Uh, 
the Oilers. Yeah. I think Tennessee <laughs> Titans would they, get really pissed if you changed your name. They, they still got the Edmonton a, Oilers. A good, memory, a, good, a good memory for Houston fans is like when Andre, hey, Andre Johnson beat up Corey Finnegan. <laughs> Tennessee went from a cool logo to a weird logo. Now they're just the oil. What? The, the Titans? Titans. Yeah. Oh, no, I guess the Oilers had the, like, the Oilers okay, logo. One, the Oilers logo was just why, like a. Why like would a, you want to have that? It was like an oil spout. A, yeah, yeah I mean. But it made sense for the area, but like, come on now. <laughs> I mean, no, you, you, yeah, I guess, but they changed it to the Titans. That's whack. Sorry. Well, oh. well, the Texans, Texans in the end of things, something we have, I don't hear if Texas fans complain about, I don't know why. They can't run the football. Who is scared? With of, Lamar Miller. Who is scared of Lamar Miller? No one. I mean, <laughs> when, when Lamar Miller is given the space, he's a playmaker, but he's just not a bruiser. You don't. He, he's a guy who's. He, I'm, I have his career stats up right here. He has two thousand yard seasons. He had one in 2016, his first year with Houston, uh-huh. barely 1,070, uh, thousand yard seventy three. Then in 2014 in Miami, he had a thousand ninety nine. So he hasn't had he hasn't even had eleven hundred yards rushing uh, over the past three or two and a half two and a quarter seasons now. So how many games that over the past thirty four games he has. Eight touchdowns and about two thousand yards. Scrub. Just yeah, they can't they can't yeah, run the football. You also got to keep in mind how terrible their offensive line is. Speaking hypothetically, well. say they picked up, say they traded uh, Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman for uh, uh, what's his name? Well, Foreman's hurt. That's why they don't yeah. have the big be- the big uh, Alfred Blue. My mind is blank. Alfred I like Blue. Alfred Blue. I like what is his but name? they could definitely oh, trade for net. Say they trade those two guys for Leonard Fournette. They're not. They, <laughs> Jacksonville wouldn't take that. You could turn forced trades on in Madden. They'd still be like, nope. <laughs> nope. I'm sorry, Houston fans. I'm just trying to help you all out. So when you look at this Dallas-Houston matchup, let's people. really break. Before We're getting close to the end of the show, but let's, let's break down this, this matchup. Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans. When you look at these two teams, I think there's a lot of similarities, honestly. I mean, so both have quarterbacks that are still trying to prove themselves. Uh, you, you can't really trust them, to be honest. Or the offensive line. I hate that though. Dallas Cowboys have a very good no, offensive I mean, line. Uh, yeah. Put some respect on the okay. name. Like Joe Houston's, Looney's done great. Houston's offensive line is bad. Just on that screen against Detroit, Joe Looney was like, he was like keeping but up Dallas's with Zeke. defensive line is bad. Oh, have you, are you even watching the Dallas Cowboys play football? They have the even best defensive line in football, bro. No, they have the best <laughs> defensive line in football. Okay, and they don't even have Irving and Randy Gregory. Of course, they have Randy Gregory in his first play. He punched a dude, so I don't really worry was about him. It? But David Irving's a freak. Yeah, really You're about get to get him back. You have Demarcus Lawrence. Taco Charlton gets better week by week. They have so much depth up the middle and the run-stopping positions. Tyrone Crawford is still there. Zach Martin's a right guard, right? He's a right yep. guard. Okay. So their offensive line from left to right is Tyrone Smith, Connor Williams, would-be Travis Frederick, but he's got that illness that he's battling. So it's Joe Looney, who's a beast, by the way. Uh, and then Zach Martin and then Lael Collins. So that's your offensive line. Name one of the Houston Texans offensive linemen, please. Like, right now. Go ahead. I can't. I can name some defensive linemen. Name one of the offensive linemen, Brendan. Nick Martin. Zach Martin. Nick Martin. Nick Martin. Zach Zach Martin. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good one. He's their center, isn't he? He's the center? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, they have uh, the guy that got benched last week. I only know it because Julian da- Davenport. I only know it because he, he, I confused him with Marcus Davenport, and I was like, oh. Uh, Marcus Davenport, of course, the former roadrunner. I think got Saints, um, but. Uh, I'm talking about him. I saw, I saw him play. I can't pronounce his name correctly, so correct me if I'm wrong. Martinez, uh, what's his last name? Rankin. Rankin. He's one of the. He's, no I think idea. he's the left. I, I believe he's the left tackle for the Texans. No, I, I know they've had injuries along that. Their offensive line struggles. I, I could see the Dallas Cowboys front. I mean, just eating them apart. I really can. I just the Dallas Cowboys have 
the reigning defensive player of the year. They have Taco Charlton, who's improving every single year. And then they have guys like Tyrone Crawford, Malik Collins. Uh, what was his name? Number 51. I, uh, Justin Reed, I think. Uh, he's He'd been starting. His jump is – I was watching that game. He's like a fifth-year guy out of Princeton. or His jump off – like his initial jump is so fast. I was like, where did this dude come from? If you if the offensive lineman is able to catch him, get set, they can stop him. But if that first initial jump, I was like, wow. Like, where did this dude come from? Just, they have so much depth. I could see them tearing apart that, that, that Houston offensive line. Um, at the same time, Leighton Van Der Etch looked really, really good against Detroit. Uh, Sean Lee, if he's on the field, he's great. If he's not on the field, what are you going to do? So you can't really rely on him. But Van Der Etch really made up the difference, played really well. Uh, Jalon Smith is really starting to look like a top 10 draft pick talent type guy. He's starting to get fully healthy. Um, I, it's going to come down to how those offensive tackles for Houston, for Dallas can hold back JJ Watt and, um, Jadavion Clowney. That's going to be the big matchup. Those two I think, guys are their, 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 that's their saviors for defense. So it's going to be Lael Collins versus JJ Watt on the, on the right side. And then it's going to be Jadavion Clowney mainly going up against Tyron Smith, Tyron Smith to be the best left tackle in the game. So that'll be a fun matchup. I'm thinking of one and I can't put my finger Tyron on Tyron Matthew. No. What? No. Uh, and that's going to be another interesting matchup. Um, oh, for Houston? Yeah. Oh, they have uh, DJ Reader. And he Joel. has a really cool name. Whitney, Whitney Merciless? Merciless. He's oh, the middle yeah. linebacker. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned all the other guys. Uh, outside right. linebacker, right? Is he outside? outside. He's outside. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's, uh, he's yeah their middle linebacker he's used to be Cushing. He, he's he, a pass rusher. He's the – Because yeah. they run a 3-4. steroids. He's the – Okay, so he's a Sam. He's a Sam. He's a Sam backer. There's Mike Whip and Sam. So Whip is obviously the weak side. Sam is the strong side. I think <laughs> I think Dallas can run the ball on these guys. I I I I have Dallas winning by about 10, 10 to ten to twelve. I think Dallas will win too. Yeah, I, to if they show up and just and I was I was get bi- get business done. Be a high scoring game. If Deshaun I have, Wa- if Deshaun Watson I think it could be like I think it could be like 34, 20, 21, 31, yeah. 22. Yeah. So they're going to be playing in NRG Stadium. So I feel like Houston fans are going to be out there just talking trash to like Dallas natives. But it's all it's all good. Um, I just in my for my prediction. Here's, here's the thing. I would just go with Dallas will win by three. So I say, like, I will say it will be, like, 20, 28 to 25. Or He's something. from I Houston. I don't 20, know. 28 to 24. He, Mark's told me multiple times he prefers Dallas over Houston. Uh, I'm originally from Oklahoma. That's why I like but Dallas better. Than he, Houston, it's, it's, Houston's straight up bad. They lost to the Patriots week one by seven. Okay. They no, they're not bad Come out stayed in by seven. No, they are. They, they, they lose to the Titans by three. They lose to the New York Giants. The, ti- the loss to the Titans was yeah, really bad. The loss to the Titans were yeah, the they got outcoached. The, the New York Giants, who I didn't know anybody was going to lose to the New York Giants this season. <laughs> and then they get lucky being the Colts because the Colts head coach decides to go for a yeah, fourth he, and he four on his own 43. Game. With it, it, That game should end in a tie. I, I don't know why they went for it. Uh, so if anything, he, you know, Houston gets lucky they get a win. They could easily be 0-3-1 right and, now. And here's another thing that I just want to throw out there and get your thoughts on it. I'm, Parker and I are recording our podcast later tonight. I want to ask him about this as well. 12-3 experience? Yep, 12-3 experience. I love him. <laughs> Wasn't going to plug it, but he added it in. Thanks. Um, I'm editing that so out. So, Houston is going – I do the editing. What are you talking about? <laughs> Houston is going – the Astros are going to be playing Cleveland in Houston Friday, Saturday, by, and the, the off the travel day is Sunday, which is when this game will be played Sunday night. Um, we already know a lot, of the guy, a lot of the fans in Houston go to – you know, they just go to all the different sports in town – do you think there's a chance because the playoffs are going on, Houston fans could be less interested in this game? Just a general. I'm just. No, curious. absolutely. With Astro, yeah, they're about, 
They'd rather be keeping my focus playoff. is gonna be on the Astros. Well, yeah, for with sure. the play- Astros playoffs rather than their one and three football team. Yeah, so I mean that a lot of them, including Parker, has already given up on them. He's <laughs> oh no, he was pretty he was pretty optimistic going in after once they beat Indianapolis, like they were a really good team. He was pretty optimistic about the team. Uh, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Andrew Luck is. I mean, he he did really good that game, but. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's just him. It's, it's, him. it's yeah. just yeah. Andrew Luck. Well, they have no. They don't really have anything. They have T.Y. Hilton. He got hurt. Well, he was hurt in the second <laughs> quarter. <laughs> Andrew yeah, Luck and Alex Smith would, would be really great friends no because they're both really good at having really good drives. <laughs> I know I just said that much, and they're just ending with a field goal. Pew. Just having like an amazing drive. They get to the red zone. They're like. I think that's what the big difference is, though. I I think Dallas has the the Dallas got in the end zone a couple times. They had they Mm -hmm. ran they ran a really good play. They got Jeff Swaim open. They threw the ball to Tavon Austin that should have been scored. It just didn't catch it. And then of course the Zeke. So I think they're going to be a much improved team. Like I said, I have Dallas winning by ten to fourteen points. But that's going to about just about do it for us today on Texas State Spit Talk. I uh, hope y'all enjoyed this week's episode. We come out every Friday at noon. Next week, though, I wanted to get this to you, to you guys that listen regularly. We are going to be releasing on Thursday because next I week's forgot. Texas State game is Thursday night. Oh, so right. we are going to re- be recording on. We are going to be releasing n- at noon next Thursday next week. This week, of course, will be gone. In, in, in case you didn't, re- in case you guys didn't know, we didn't mention it. Sandbox Rattler is off this week by week by week. So we will get back to kind of breaking them down next week. Um, so don't think we're giving up on the Rattlers. We're just taking a – they're taking their break, so we're taking our break. But uh, that's going to do it for us today on Texas State Spit Talk. Also, make sure to tune into Bobcat Radio Monday, Wednesday, Friday, starting at 11. And check out our blog, KTSW Blog. We have a lot of a lot of other stuff going on, not just sports, but the sports stuff that's going out recently has been very good. So make sure you check that out. That's going to do it. Thank you for listening to Texas State Spit Talk. And we will talk to you all next week. Goral Thomas.